Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Believe in USMNT podcast. I'll once again be your host, Jay Stuccio. And it's time to talk about a week plagued with injuries to America's best players, but this opens the door for us to talk about other players, perhaps on the outside looking in. However, before we do get into debutants and other players finding their foot at new clubs, I'd like to talk about the right back depth chart, which we spoke about briefly in episode one. Like I said, with many of America's best players out injured this week, of course, Sergino Dest is on that list, so he missed out on Barcelona's game this past weekend. However, Joe Scali had another nice game for Muchen Gladbach, and like I said last week, I could see him getting a call-up in October, or by the end of the year for sure. He started the game as right wing-back this week and looked really strong going forward, combining with teammates, dribbling past players in the opposite third before getting a few strong crosses across, but then he did move to the left side of the field um, afterwards some subs were made at around the hour mark. I think his versatility on the right or left is going to be crucial for Greg if he does choose to call him in. We know that Greg likes versatile players, and someone who can play on either side of the center backs would be a real key to a squad. He's quickly jumping a few players in the right back depth chart for me. Reggie Cannon is not getting minutes. It's an interesting situation for him. He was linked to a bunch of clubs across all of the top five leagues and even the championship in England this summer, but he never got the move, and I'm not sure if he's being punished for maybe wanting to get out of the club, even though that seems like a mutual agreement between the two, but Boavista is starting a new right back, and it doesn't look like a great situation for Reggie Cannon to be in. I assume he's going to be moving in January, or at least that's what the plan is, but for now, I would definitely put Scali ahead of him as... From a USMNT perspective, it would be a little silly to call in Cannon when he's getting no minutes at all or not even making the squad for Boa Vista. Yedlin went another 90 minutes for Galatasaray and Brian Reynolds also saw just a few minutes for Roma. He came on in a 1-1 game and Roma found the winner, but after they found the winner in about the 94th minute, he allowed a soft cross which was eventually converted to level 2-2. Luckily the goal was disallowed but he was berated by his teammates. Apparently this is a mistake he made in preseason and something he's going to have to work on because we know that Mourinho is not necessarily going to be giving young players minutes, especially if they're making mistakes that costly in just five minutes of game time. Moving over to MLS, Justin Che had another strong performance for FC Dallas. It's likely he'll move to center back in the future, but right now as a 17-year-old, getting game time for FC Dallas is the most important thing, and that's what he's doing at right back. He likely moved to Bayern where he spent January through the rest of this past season at Bayern 2. Uh, mostly at center back, but also saw time on either fullback position. In this game in particular, he made some really impressive runs. On one play, he picked the ball up in his own third. Must have ran 80 yards before his shot was blocked. Uh, and he also had a nice assist to Ricardo Pepe, a whipped-in cross that Pepe converted. Speaking of FC Dallas and Bayern players and moving away from the right-back position, Chris Richards walked right back into the Hoffenheim 11 after returning on loan. He played in a back four this weekend, even though last season Hoff... Hoffenheim often um, went out in a three-at-the-back formation. He was not with the USMNT this past window, 
though I think that's most likely because he was looking for a move away from Bayern, whether that be permanent or loan, which ended up being another loan to Hoffenheim, which I think is probably the most ideal situation. He knows the coaches, he knows the players, and most importantly, he's going to be getting Bundesliga game time. I think in the future, we'll probably see him with the USMNT, probably in this October camp. If not, uh, definitely in the upcoming windows, I expect to see Chris Richards back with the USMNT. Another debutante, Cameron Carter-Vickers had a really impressive debut for Celtic. He went the full 90, he scored a goal. He had a key pass. He was really impressive with his um, passing rate, completing 103 of 115 passes. He won a majority of his duels. He went 3-for-3 three three on tackles and had 126 touches, so he was very involved in his first game for the team. Uh, I'm not sure he's ready for the USMNT yet. Right before he made this move, Spurs played him in one of those um, Europa Conference League games, and he had a really poor game. Um, but now, you know, he's doing well with Celtic. And if he can continue this form, he may have an outside chance of making a, a World Cup qualifier squad in the near future. I certainly would have him behind Chris Richards and every other center back that was in this past camp. But if he can continue this form, I don't think it's impossible that we see him in a USMNT shirt with all the fixture congestion in those three-game windows and rotation needed. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if we see him over the next six, seven months. Moving on to other players finding their foot at new clubs, John Busio once again started for Venezia uh, in a game against Empoli. They won 2-1. On the first goal, I was actually really impressed with what he did. Um, Empoli had it deep in their own corner, and John Busio stepped into the empty part of the pitch where the, the clearance ended up. He took the interception. He moved it forward to the winger, who crossed it in uh, to convert for 1-0, and it was nice to see him have an impact on a goal in Serie A already. From what I saw, and I wasn't able to see the full 90 minutes this time around, but it looked like he wasn't the deepest player in the midfield for Venezia. It looked like he was favoring the left side as an 8, uh, which is good because like we saw throughout his entire um, sporting Kansas City career, and it was actually a criticism for a long time, but he doesn't necessarily have a position. We saw him mostly as a 6 for the USMNT uh, at the Gold Cup, but I wouldn't say he's definitely a 6. I wouldn't say he's definitely an 8. I wouldn't say he's definitely 10. We even saw him as a false 9 a little bit for Sporting Kansas City. I like that he can contribute on both ends of the field. I think right now, and this is definitely a criticism of him, uh, he might get dribbled past a little easy. I think we saw that at the Gold Cup when the standard was a little higher than it would have been in MLS. Um, but I like that he can distribute well from deeper positions. But I think perhaps as an 8 right now, until he's maybe becoming a little more strong and robust in midfield, I'd say as an 8, he might have a better impact in Serie A. Continuing with the trend of midfielders in Italy, Weston McKinney got the start for Juventus uh, in their loss. I'm a little surprised after the comments that were made once he came home from the USMNT camp. Um, he went 72 minutes, but it's nice to see him get the start after the drama filled week for him. It's important for him to regain the trust of his managers, um, and that might start in Italy, but of course is going to be a factor for Greg Berhalter. Um, is he going to call him up in this next camp? We're not sure. Obviously, being one of the better players for the USMNT, you would hope that his actions off the field, um, you know, the negative actions sort of disappear and we're able to see him grow up. Um, like I said, he's still young, so in the past episode I mentioned hopefully he can grow from this, and I think it was good that he was able to at least have the trust of Juventus this past weekend to get the start. Hopefully he continues to get minutes there because um, the situation for him is a little unclear. Um, we saw rumors of him maybe being transferred. Then we got comments from the manager that that wasn't the case, but after everything that happened when he was with the USMNT and basically his actions off the field, it's tough to know how everybody views him um, in regards to his manager. So 
Hopefully he can grow from this. Hopefully he can keep getting minutes for Juventus. And we can move beyond everything that just happened. Yunus Musa also found some game time this week, which is nice after seeing him recover from injury. He got just a few minutes for Valencia, who have actually started the season really well. They have 10 points in their first four games and are sat top of the table alongside Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid on 10 points. Um, Yunus Musa, like I say, just got a few minutes, but like that Justin Che run I mentioned earlier where he picked the ball up in his own third and ran all the way into the opposition box for getting a shot off, Yunus Musa had a, a very similar run. He picked up the ball. Uh, off a tackle and ran from his own third uh, down the right wing all the way into the opposition box before cutting the ball back and having a shot which was eventually blocked but in such short amount of time for him to have a nice run like that while Valencia were seeing the game off was really impressive for me. Back to debutants Nicholas Joachini went 30 plus minutes off the bench for Montpellier for his debut for the club. Uh, he recently made the jump up from League 2 to League 1 so hopefully he can keep getting minutes there. He's probably on the outside looking in of the USMNT right now Maybe with expanded rosters, right? When Greg calls in 26, 28, maybe 30 players for roster, we could expect to see his name. But if the World Cup started tomorrow, uh, I would assume he would be on the outside looking in. And it's a shame for him because um, he's at a, he's in a good club situation, but uh, he's probably not on the same level, of course, as Pulisic and Gio Reyna, Timothy Way, Brendan Aronson. And with Conrad De La Fuente's move to Marseille and getting minutes there and having success, I think it's hard for Joe Acchini to really expect himself to be in one of those winger positions that we saw at the Gold Cup. However, he probably favors a central position. Um, and with, you know, the struggling form of Sargent, uh, you never know what's going to happen in that position. I'm not saying I think Joe Acchini is going to replace him. Obviously, we saw the week that Pepe just had, both for club and country. Um, P. Fox still goes scoring goals in Switzerland. So what happens with... Joachini, I'm not sure, but if he can continue finding minutes, um, I think he's in a safer, maybe a more similar position to Cameron Carter-Vickers. Despite being with the team recently um, and getting a lot of minutes, uh, I think his situation is tougher as he's in a position that's really the strong suit of the U.S. men's national team at the moment. And that brings me to Matthew Hoppe, who's in a similar position um, to Joachini. He can also play central or wide, as we saw in the Gold Cup. Um, I think he's probably closer to the group. I think he has more quality than Joe Keeney. But like I said, in a position with Conrad and Pulisic and Gio and Wea and Aronson, uh, I think it's not necessarily a shoo-in that Matthew Hoppy's going to make the squad. He did recently move to Mallorca where he made the bench this past weekend but wasn't able to make his debut. I think we'll see him get minutes in La Liga. I think he's a technical player. I actually like the move to Spain a lot. I like that he moved to a club where he can find minutes um, because a lot of the clubs he was linked to, both in England and in other countries, it seemed as though he might not be a first-choice player. And I'm not sure exactly what the situation is going to look like at Mallorca, but I do think he has a chance to get minutes in La Liga, and I think the league suits his abilities well. And speaking of many of those bigger clubs, both the Champions League and Europa League return this week. So I'll do a little preview of who our players are in there and what their groups look like and if they may advance. PFOC kicks things off in a tough group. Uh, he's with Young Boys, of course, in Switzerland, as I just mentioned. He'll be playing Manchester United at home to kick off the campaign. But he's in a tough group, Manchester United, Villarreal, and Atalanta. Not sure exactly how high the hopes are for young boys, but it's going to be a good competition for PFOC. And if he can grab a few goals against those clubs, I think it'll do his confidence well. Brendan Aronson's RB Salzburg will be playing Sevilla this week, and Lille, uh, without Wea, will be playing Brooks. Aronson, Wea, and Brooks are all in the same group, so we're guaranteed to see at least one of them advance. Um, I like Wolfsburg's chances here. They've had a really strong start to the season. 
Sevilla will probably advance as well. Uh, Lille have had a tough start to the season after winning the campaign last year uh, with a new manager, and they sold a few of their starters, so they've had a tough start to the season. Um, but this week, Aronson will be playing Sevilla, as I mentioned, and Lille versus Wolfsburg. Hopefully Wolfsburg's form can continue into the Champions League and Brooks can continue to get good minutes for a strong team. Uh, he His stock probably dropped a bit this past camp with the USMNT, but he's in a good club situation. And if he can advance in the Champions League and get to that round of 16 with, with a strong group around him, hopefully he can carry this, this form all the way into the World Cup. Barcelona take on Bayern this week in one of the games that everybody's looking forward to most. Apparently, Dest is working hard to be available after missing this weekend and that injury that he picked up against Canada. He might make the squad, though I'm reading through various sources that he's probably not going to be starting the game. It's a tough situation, but based off how he went off against Canada and how unsure everybody was with his injury, it's nice to see that he might be in the squad and that he is returning to full health, maybe quicker than a lot of people thought. McKenny of Juventus takes on Malmo and Pulisic takes on Zenit. Uh, unfortunately, Pulisic remains out. Uh, but I think McKinney and Pulisic are, of course, favorites to advance in this group, um, and hopefully they do, and hopefully they have a good encounter um, when they meet. Obviously, they'll meet each other twice in the groups, and hopefully they're able to have a good battle between the two of them. Obviously, they're very good friends, and perhaps they are the two most important players of the USMNT, of course, probably in the top five, I think, unarguably. So uh, hopefully they can advance together. Moving on to Wednesday's games, Dortmund will take on Besiktas, though Gio Reyna will miss out through injury once again. Um, I think he'll most likely be favored to advance in this group, of course, um, but unfortunately he'll miss out on this week. I think of all the injuries that I've mentioned so far, his is the most serious, um, and he's going to miss another couple weeks. Hopefully we can have him back for the October window. Uh, and then Owen Adesoy's Club Bruges play PSG. He's in a very tough group. Um... I'll get to Tyler Adams in a minute, but they share the toughest group. It's Leipzig, Club Bruges, uh, Man City, and PSG. Honestly, he was not in the squad this weekend for Club Bruges, but he's a fun player to track this season, I think, for sure. I think he's in a list of players. Uh, I think Joe Scali's maybe USMNT debut is a little more imminent. Obviously, Adesoy's, um gotten minutes for the USMNT, but he's, of course, on the outside looking in currently. He's never played a competitive game for the USMNT yet, but like I say, he'll be a fun player to track. Um, and hopefully, you know, he's getting minutes against PSG and Leipzig and City because that's good opposition, and that's only going to do his confidence well if he can put in a good performance. Uh, Leipzig will take on City this week. Uh, Zach Steffen will miss out. He's actually still quarantining in the United States. Obviously, we heard that he picked up COVID um, while down with the team this past window. Adams was rested this past week against Bayern. Leipzig got dumped. It's been a tough start for Jesse Marsh over at Leipzig. Um, but like I say, Adams got rested this past weekend, so I expect him to get the start against City, which should be a good matchup. Obviously, we saw his reaction to being in a group with City and PSG, which was funny at the time, um, but it puts him in a tough situation where he's, of course, not expected to advance out of a group with PSG and City. Uh, though I like Leipzig, of course, and I think that um, despite having a tough start to the season for Marsh, uh, I think they'll you know, get into full gear sooner rather than later. However, I don't think it'll be enough to obviously advance past Man City and PSG in the groups. Moving into the Europa League, um, we have a few players there. Conrad of Marseille is going to be playing uh, Lokomotiv Moscow. Uh, he actually didn't start for Marseille this past weekend, and he only got a few minutes. His replacement actually went on to score brace, um, so I think it's a 
it's going to be a fun to watch how Conrad can work his way into minutes. Of course, um, he was getting more minutes than his replacement leading up to that, and he may have been rested like many of the Americans due to, um, you know, returning from that three-game window, even though he didn't get crazy minutes for the USMNT, unfortunately. Um, yeah, him being put to the bench may have been uh, a response to him coming back from that three-game window. Yedlin, of course, of Galatasaray, as I mentioned earlier, will be playing Lazio. Um, these four are in the same group, so hopefully Conrad and Yedlin can advance. It's a pretty tight group. Um, I think based on how Marseille have started this season, I'd expect them to advance out of it. Um, Lazio are strong competition, and then Galatasaray and Lokomotiv Moscow. Um, you never know what's going to happen in those Europa League groups, but hopefully at the very least we can see Conrad advance. Mark McKenzie's in a bit of a tough group as well. They'll take on Rapid Vienna this week. Uh, and Dynamos are grabbing West Ham fill out that group. Obviously, um, West Ham's going to be favored to win that group. But uh, Genk is a strong club. And I think they could perhaps... It's going to be between them and Zagreb, of course, I think. To grab that second place in advance. And hopefully McKenzie and Genk can pull through. Sam Vines, who of course recently broke his collarbone, will miss out. But his Antwerp take on Olympiacos and Fenerbahce and Frankfurt fill out that group uh, it seems unlikely Antwerp will advance but hopefully Sam Vines will be back soon enough to be able to get uh, European experience at, at least and then Reynolds who I talked about earlier who made that uh, mistake in just about five minutes of play um, they're playing Cesca Sofia uh, and I think with Florenzi leaving Roma and Re Reynolds being the second choice right back at uh, the club I think these Europa League and some cup matches in Italy are a really good chance for him to get minutes because even though Mourinho might not necessarily trust the youth as much as many managers and as much as American fans would like to see, uh, no matter what, he is the second choice right back. And when rotation happens, especially you would assume in a game against Cesca Sofia, um, yeah, Reynolds might be primed to get some minutes. So hopefully he can get some minutes there and build some confidence rather than just getting a few minutes at the end of games, making a mistake and getting berated by his manager and teammates. And that'll wrap up our players in Europe this week and, of course, throughout the season. Hopefully, like I say, a lot of these players can advance because it's important for them to get game time against good competition. As we advance towards the World Cup, you would want them to have the most experience they can get. We know our group is very young, um, so experience is going to be a big thing. Hopefully, like I say, the players who um, not necessarily are first choice, like a Brian Reynolds, are able to get game time in situations like this and you know get the experience that he's going to need if he's going to want to get into that USMNT. That'll do it for this week's episode. Like I said, uh, a bit of a frustrating week um, with the injuries to a lot of our best players. Dest was out, uh, though he might return soon. Sargent was out, also likely retur to return soon. Pulisic, um, not an imminent return. He won't be in the squad this week versus Chelsea, but uh, it's a short-term injury. Way is still out from the injury he picked up just before the international break. Gio Reyna, as I mentioned, seems to have the, the longest time out um, of all the injured players, but hopefully we can get them all back before the October window and continue to pick up points in the World Cup qualifiers. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. It was a little bit of a shorter episode. Um, as I'd expect these to be when we're just recapping players and many of the players are injured and I'm hoping this is not a recurring theme after the end of international breaks um, but that might be the reality of the situation after these three game windows let's hope it's not thank you all for listening see you next time
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.